Thanks very much, Sam. Thank you for leading this morning. Thanks to all who are playing as well. Again, helping us to sing, which is, which is always great. Let's turn in our Bibles to Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. Next week, um, Sam, who is leading, is going to be taking up the next section from chapter 3, verses 12 to 17. So please do be praying for him in his preparation through the week as well for that. We're going to read Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 11. need to get a drink. Hang on. Thank you. Let's read from verse 1. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all, and is in all. Well, let's ask for God's help as we look at this together. Our Father God, we thank you for your word, and we thank you that it is true, and we thank you that it is living and active. And so as your word goes out to us today, We pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit it would lead to a change and a transformation so that we become daily more like Christ. This is what we long for and so we pray that your word would help us in that today. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Well, we all have something in common. We all want to change. There are things in our life we want to stop doing, and there's things in our life we want to start doing. Deep down, we all want to be renewed. We want to be transformed. We, we want to be different. Well, thankfully, our text this morning is going to show us how we can all change. Three things are going to help us experience change in our life. Know who you are, know how you live, and know what you become. Know who you are, know how you live, and know what you become. Three steps that we can take with us that will help us to lasting Christ-like change. So first, know who you are. So who are you? Do you know yourself? What is your identity? How would you describe yourself? Well, in my case, I might say I'm, I'm Irish, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a pastor, I'm a monster supporter. You could just go on and on. All these different things define who we are. However, if we're a Christian, there is another way to define ourselves. And we see it in verse 4. Look at verse 4. When Christ, who is your life, do you see that? Christ, who is your life. If you're a Christian, that's who you are. Christ is your life. His life is your life. His beauty, his glory, his purity is yours. So if you're to ask me, who am I? Well, strictly I should be answering, Christ is my life. When I'm watching sport on television, if it's Cork and they're playing football or Hurley, I might say, we played really well. We were physical. We took our chances. We won the game. Now, at one level, that's a really strange way to talk, isn't it? Because I had nothing to do with the match. I didn't play the game. I was nowhere near the ball. I'm just watching it on TV. Yet, because they are my team... I can say, we won, or I won. The player's victory becomes my victory. I get to share in it. Well, through our union with Christ, that is, through our trust in him, we can say, Christ is my life. All that Christ is, belongs to me. His life is my life. Three things show us how the life is, of Christ is my life. Three things from verses 1 to 4. First, I have been raised with Christ. Do you see it there, verse 1? Since you have been raised with Christ. Now, if we've been raised with Christ, it also implies we've died with Christ, which it says in verse 3, for you have died. 
Well, well, how does that happen? How do I die with Christ and how do I rise with Christ? Well, it's by faith. It's through our union, being united to Christ. So when Christ died 2,000 years ago, I can say, I died. When Christ was raised, I was raised. I died to my old self and I was raised with a new self. You see, by faith, we get to participate in the death and resurrection of Christ. His death is my death. His resurrection becomes my resurrection. So I can say with absolute confidence, without any pride, but a humble confidence in God, the old Johnny is dead. He's buried. He's gone. You'll never see him again. The new Johnny is alive. Because Christ is my life, I have been raised with Christ to a new kind of life. So I've been raised with Christ and I am now hidden with Christ. Look at verse 3. For you died and your life is now present hidden with Christ in God. Our union is so strong that we can say, my life is hidden with Christ. Where Christ is, we are. And where is Christ right now? Well, go back to verse 1. Where is Christ? Verse 1, since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Christ now is in the presence of the Father. He is with the Father, which means if I am hidden with Christ, that means I am also right now with the Father in heaven. Well, don't be silly, Johnny. You're, you're in Carrigaline Community Centre. I can see you with my own eyes. How can you say you're in the presence of the Father in heaven. Well, if I'm hidden in Christ, then I am where Christ is, not physically, but spiritually. So that means I also have access to the Father anytime, anywhere, because I am hidden in Christ. And if I'm hidden in Christ, that means I am safe, and secure in Christ. Nothing and no one is able to take me from the grasp of Christ. Not my sin, not my suffering, not Satan. Nothing can take me out of Christ. Because Christ is my life, I am hidden in Christ. But there's a third reason why we can say Christ is my life is I will appear with Christ. Look at these words, they're tremendous. Verse 4, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. One day Christ is going to return and he's going to bring all things to its conclusion. He'll establish the new creation, the new heavens and the new earth, a world where there'll be no evil, no Satan or death. 
and Christ will live with his people on earth. If we're not going up to heaven, Christ is coming to this earth and he's going to renew it all and everything will be as it should be. And when that happens, we will be sure to share in it. Do you see it in verse 4? You will appear with him in glory. No ifs, no maybes, no buts, not I'm sure, I'm unsure. Absolutely guaranteed. We will appear with him in glory. So who are you? Do you know yourself? Do you know your identity? Well, if you're a Christian, you can say, Christ is my life. I have been raised with Christ. I am now hidden in Christ. And I will appear with Christ. His life is now my life. This is who I am. And if we're going to change, we need to understand our identity. The first step in being changed is knowing who you are. My life is Christ's life. So know who you are. Second, know how you live. Know how you live. So how do we live? Well, if Christ is my life, I now begin to live with Christ's priorities. Look what it says in verses 1 and 2. Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Set your hearts, set your minds, focus, seek the things that are above. Desire what Christ desires. In other words, let the rule of heaven now shape how you live your life on this earth. In other words, you have a new life. Your life is Christ. Now become who you are. Start living the way which God has called you and rescued you to be. Live your new life. You see, if you begin to see yourself as God sees you, then you will start living as God wants you to live. We will begin to change. Now, two surprising commands are given to us to show us how we should live. If you were to think of all the things that we need to change in our life, I wonder if we would come up with these two things. Here's the first one. Kill Harmful sexual behaviour and desires. Verse 5. Put to death. Kill, therefore. Because you have a new life in Christ, therefore put it to death. Whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Well, what's our earthly nature? Well, sexual immorality. That is, any sex outside the bounds of marriage. Impurity, any kind of sexual activity outside of God's design. Lust, 
self-gratification, regardless of the impact on others. Evil desires. Acting out and living out what I want and what pleases me. And greed. An appetite for sex that is never satisfied. What a list. Now this doesn't mean to say that all sex is harmful. No, it's a wonderful gift from God. Sex is part of God's design for humanity. However, once we take it outside of God's design, once we go beyond God's boundaries, then it becomes destructive and harmful. Verse 6. Because of these, because of these harmful behaviours and desires, the wrath of God is coming. God will judge harmful sexual behaviour and desires. Now that's a good thing. Think with me for a moment about this. If you were the object of the behaviours in verse 5, all that list there, if you're the object of that behaviour, if you're receiving the end of your spouse's partner's attitudes, if people are treating you in this way, well then wouldn't you want justice to be done? Wouldn't you want things to be put right? Well, you see, God has made us and he's designed us to live a certain way and he won't let us go on destroying each other's lives with harmful behaviours and desires. He's going to hold us to account. So it's a good thing that God is going to come and judge Now, of all these behaviours that we see in verse 5, of all the behaviours that could possibly be addressed, why do you think he's chosen sex as the one to deal with? Why, Why that issue? Why nothing else? Well, here's what I think. Distorted sex is the one thing that has such a profound impact upon us. It runs riot in our society and in our culture. And it harms us. When it's wrong, it riddles us with guilt and shame. It makes us feel dirty and unclean. It changes us for the bad. So think about it. If you were to have an affair, it isn't just some kind of thing that you do. No, it has a knock-on effect. It breaks relationships and destroys families. Watching porn isn't a private matter. It affects and shapes how we treat each other and how we treat ourselves. Uncontrolled desires lead to uncontrolled damaging behaviours. You see, if we don't kill it, It's going to kill you. So first, kill harmful sexual behaviour and desires. Second, he says banish harmful speech from our life. Verse 8. But now, he says, you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger. Uncontrolled outbursts, 
rage, angry, violent words, malice, hateful speech towards others, slander, speaking damaging words behind people's backs, filthy language from your lips, the use of gross swear words which we aim at other people. You've heard the saying, haven't you? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Is it true? No, it's not true. It's a lie, isn't it? I'm sure quite one of all of us here could share stories of how the words of other people have hurt us. But here's the point. My words can be harmful. My speech can also break and destroy relationships. Let's face the reality. This is what it's saying to us here. The words that can come out of our mouths can be hurtful. And if we don't keep our speech in check, it's going to change us for the bad. You see, our words are important. We speak all the time. It's how we communicate to one another. And with our words we build up or we're tearing down. With our speech we're expressing love or we're expressing hate. You see, if we don't banish it from our life, it's going to grow and fester and destroy us and destroy others. Now let's be honest about these concerns that are being addressed here harmful sexual behaviour and hurtful speech, they're not things that are out there, outside of these four walls. They're in here, in my heart. Remember, this is a letter written to a church, to Christians, people who are singing the songs we've just sung, people who will say, Christ is my life. So we don't need to go pointing fingers elsewhere. We need to examine our own hearts. So how do we put to death and get rid of our earthly nature? Well, you might come up with a better set of examples. Um, let Let me take you through five steps that we can take Ruthless action that we need to take to kill and to banish that which isn't right in our life. Here's the first one. I've got them listed there. Name it. Identify the particular harmful behaviour or speech. Name what it is. If it's anger, it's anger. If it's sexual immorality or impurity, name it. That's what it is. If that's what your sin is, name it. Second, own it. Let's not blame it on others or excuse it or say I wasn't feeling particularly well that day or somebody annoyed me or well they did it to me, I'm doing it to them. No, there's no blame. Take personal responsibility for our actions and our words. Third, confess it. Bring it to God. Ask his forgiveness. 
and acknowledge it before the person you've harmed or hurt and ask for their forgiveness. Fourth, replace it. And I think this is the main thing here in this context. You see, we cannot change our actions or our words by sheer determination. If we go out of here thinking, I must do better, I must stop this, I must stop doing that, I must do this, I must do that. Sheer willpower is never going to change our life. We need to replace the desires that we have for Christ's desires. And how do we do that? Well, it's back to verses 1 and 2, isn't it? To set your hearts on things above. Set our minds on things above. Meditate and reflect and think about deeply about the word of Christ, who he is, his character, his goodness, and ask God to change you and transform you in your life. And the Holy Spirit will work a change that will be lasting. And then fifth, share it. That is, share your struggle with another Christian. Share it. It's okay to tell people what you struggle with. They can pray for you and get alongside you, hold you accountable. We're not here to crush each other. We're here to help each other. And as we do this, so we will begin to change for the good. So first... We need to know who we are. And second, we need to know how to live out our new identity. Third then, know what you become. Thirsty this morning. Know what you become. The ugly duckling turned into a swan and the hairy caterpillar is turned into a butterfly what about the Christian what are we going to turn into what are we going to become well look at verses 9 and 10 do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Our creator is Christ. So we are being renewed into the image of our creator, into the image of Christ. We're being made to be like him. Isn't that amazing? Each one of us are being made like him. And it's important for us to understand how this happens. First, look at our unchanging status. Look at what has already happened to us in the past. Verse 9. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self. Verse 10. And have put on the new self. It's something past that has happened. You have taken off the old self. You have put on the new self. This is the same as what we've talked about before. We have died with Christ 
The old is gone. We have been raised with Christ. The new has come. I've been given a new life, a new beginning, a fresh start. It's the same as saying, verse 4, Christ is my life. And this life is a permanent life. We can't ever lose this new life. It's an unchanging status. No matter how often I fail, no matter how many times I fall, Christ is still my life. That will not change. It's an unchanging status. But it is, second, a gradual process. Do you see it there in verse 10? We are being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. We're being renewed. Gradually being changed to become the person God created and rescued us to be. We're being renewed in knowledge. That is, we're knowing more of who Christ is. But more than that, we are being made into the likeness of Christ. You see, on the one side, Christ is my life. So whenever God looks at me, he sees Christ. He treats me as Christ. However, in practice, my behaviour and my words are still not yet like him. So God is still gradually changing me to be more like him. Maybe some of you have seen the TV programme, The Repair Shop. It's all about people bringing old gadgets and things that have sentimental value to them to this workshop and the thing about it is everything they bring in is is broken it's not working it's not how as it should be and one of them was all about a a clock one of these wind-up clocks that tick away and tick away and well they brought it in and it was not working the cogs and everything were all in disrepair it was a desperate color It, it was still a clock but it wasn't all that the clock should be And of course they left it there and over the weeks they did the repair and eventually the person comes in to get their clock. It was the same clock, but now it's a different kind of clock. It's everything that it should be. Well, in the same way, when we turn to Christ, we're entering into God's repair shop. Or better still, God enters into our life to renew us and to restore us to what we were created and rescued to be. Daily we are becoming more like Christ. We are becoming the person he has declared us to be. So on the one hand I can now say Christ is my life. That is unchanging. But I can also say I am becoming like Christ. That is a gradual process. Now, becoming like Christ is not just a personal project. It's a communal project. Look at verse 11. Here, he's talking about in the church amongst God's people, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, so it doesn't matter your nationality, circumcised or uncircumcised, doesn't matter your religious tradition, barbarian, 
whatever your social background, Scythian, whatever your culture is, whether you're slave or free, whatever your economic status, none of these things matter in the church. What matters is, end of verse 11, Christ is all and is in all. Christ is supreme over this church. And Christ is at work in each one of us right now. You see, in the church we are all equal. Christ is our life and we are being made into the likeness of Christ. It's not that some people are better than others. It's not that we have some kind of level that the the front row have made it and those at the very back Well, they're just a little further off. They're not as like Christ as the ones at the front. No, it's not like that. No one can claim a superiority and no one can feel an inferiority. Christ is not working in some. He's working in us all. The church is a communal project. Together we are being renewed into the image of our Creator. Are we there yet? No. But together we are becoming the people he has called us to be. So the third step in being changed is knowing what you become. You see, we all have things we want to change. We want to stop doing certain things. And we want to start doing things. We want to behave right and speak right. Well, here are three things that we take with us that we don't just look at once, but they become foundation rocks, if you like, foundations for us in our life. Know who you are. Know how you live. And know what you are becoming. And through that, God changes us. Let's pray. Our Father God, we thank you so much for the truth of your word that helps us to see who we truly are. That we are in Christ. Christ is my life. And you are making us to be more like Christ. Changing our behaviours. Changing our speech changing us to be the people you have created us and rescued us to be. Thank you with you there is real hope and lasting change. Please help us as we go into a new week to live the life that you have made for us. In Jesus' name, Amen. We're going to sing together. When I fear my faith will fail, Christ will hold me fast. Because we are in Christ, if we can say Christ is my life, well, he will hold us through everything we go through. He is my life. Let's stand together as we sing.